You've been lied to, but you don't know how. You've searched, you've struggled, you've cried out. You want the truth, but where is it? You've wandered, you've fought, you've strived, and you have not been satisfied. What is truth? Where is truth? Who is truth? The kingdom of God. Mind control. The last days. Higher dimensions. Unity. The power of faith. Discovering the truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. God has promised that he will hide us under his feathers and under his wings we will trust. His truth shall be our shield and our buckler. Discovering the Truth with Dan Devon is the premier program that is designed to center you on the kingdom of God, to equip you with faith in Jesus Christ, and to unveil the truth behind the lies. This program is designed to show you how to become more than you have ever imagined through the power of truth. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. And now, prepare for your host, Dan Duvall. You're listening to Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall. This program is designed to center you on the kingdom of God, to equip you with faith in Jesus Christ, and to unveil the truth behind the lies. This program is a production of Bride Ministries, and you can find us at www.bridemovement.com. Folks, I really can't overstate my excitement about the fireplacechurch.org. Folks, for a long time, nearly a year, I was casting vision about this idea. What if someone built a platform where not only was worship going forth, where not only was kingdom-centered teaching going forth to equip believers for victory in Jesus Christ, but also some kind of internet platform that would allow for the establishment of community through moderated discussion groups with people from around the world? What if we could build that Something that is so revolutionary, no one's doing it. And we did. We built it. And you, folks, you that listen to this program helped us to do it. Many of you have already tuned in. And man, I, I just want to thank you. Some of you have been so positive about what we have done. And, and we've really looked at how we can be new and different and fresh and and inspiring. And... We are continuing to film. As a matter of fact, this week, we had another filming week. We are working on just doing so many cool things. We're going to have our first guest speaker at the Fireplace Church. Guess who it is? I'll give you one guess. That's right. I knew you would get it. Dr. Preston Bailey. He's going to be our first uh, guest speaker at the fireplacechurch.org. Um, besides my production director walter who by the way if you didn't notice can also do some preaching himself you're going to be seeing on the fireplacechurch.org a 
uh, number over the t- as we unpack this thing, guest speakers from around the country, people that are just really solid. It, they're going to be flown in. We're going to fly them in, film them at thefireplacechurch.org and put them up, and, and you're going to get to hear teaching. We're, I mean, we are just looking at doing such cool things with this platform, folks. I want to thank each and every one of you that sewed into this project. Many of you jumped on board, made uh, financial deposits into Bride Ministries, specifically designating the Fireplace Church. And you know what? We've applied it. We have applied it, and you can see the fruit at www.thefireplaceorg every Friday night at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. And you know what? If you're not able to watch at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time with us, what you can do is go to our archives page and see all of the past week's sermons that we have produced and you can share them with friends we encourage you i mean but man share it with the hundreds and thousands of people we want the word to go out we are speaking the word of the kingdom and we're excited about it god god's doing something exciting in the earth today and and you know we just want to do our part folks and we thank you for doing yours by the way Bride Ministries is just an exciting place to be. We're just always expanding and taking new territory, whether it's refining processes, we're, you know, refining things with the fireplacechurch.org. There was a couple weeks where we had a few kinks, <laughs> but we've worked through them. Everything's smooth at this point. As of last week, no glitches, no errors, and we're looking at that being the consistent truth going forward. We're, I mean, we are looking at just expanding though because not only do we have that we have the effort to support survivors of satanic ritual abuse and government-sponsored mind control agendas we're running discipleship groups by the way if you're wondering how did you get all your moderators to volunteer for this fireplacechurch.org business well hey we got them from our discipleship groups where i actually get to meet people and talk to them face to face here's the plan those that have finished at least one of our discipleship courses, and there are four, so you could take your pick, are qualified, as long as you're saved and are not a heretic, to be a leader in our internet-based moderated discussion groups. That's where we are getting people for that position. You know, I get a lot of emails from people saying, Daniel, I just want to help. I see what you're doing. I'm really excited about it. I just want to help. How can I get on board? Well, we've opened up an official volunteer position. It's called moderator. You get to be part of our internet-based ministry service by leading group discussions. And really, it, it, it the requirement bar is not very high. You don't need a a PhD in theology to do that. You don't need to have written three books and have your own ministry to do that. All you need is to have taken one of our classes and not be a heretic. I mean, it's pretty, uh, you know, simple. And so we want to encourage those of you. You want to get involved? Well, you know, join us, participate, get on board with the discipleship, and then get involved. (laughs) Going into the future, we are going to need more and more and more volunteers. We're expecting huge growth as this thing catches fire because it's just really exciting. I mean, it's a really exciting thing. You asked for it. People have asked for it all year. People are asking, where can I get community? Now we have it. 7 o'clock p.m., thefireplacechurch.org. By the way, today we're going to be having a really cool conversation with a brother named John King. Haven't had him on the program before. I met him through my production director, Walter, uh, who has been on this program before. And 
uh, he's an awesome teacher, has great revelation on the Holy Spirit, and we're going to be getting into it. How to be led by the Holy Spirit, walk with the Holy Spirit, hang out and kick it with the Holy Spirit. And that's coming up in just a minute. Before we get there, let me remind you, we also have books on our website, uh, bridemovement.com, fireplacechurch.org. I have the Kingdom, uh, Government, and the Promise of Sheep Nations book. I have Higher Dimensions, Parallel Dimensions, and the Spirit Realm, both of those. Just getting amazing feedback. And also, Noah's Ark in the End of Days, which I wrote back in 2010. In addition to that, we are, uh, of course, always... Um, looking to expand and, and and right now we're targeting the DID coaching school expanding our community of DID coaches folks I'm telling you what God is doing big things and we're just trying to keep up anyway that's all I have to say for now we'll be back in a minute you're listening to discovering the truth with Dan Duvall today we're going to be getting into it and I'm really looking forward to this interview because I think that you're going to walk away from this really really excited one subject that we really on this program haven't had time to just take and, and I can't even say you haven't had time we just really haven't made time to just take and isolate and just talk about is the subject of the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit of God. His ministry to lead, to guide, to direct, to counsel, to advocate for folks. We're going to be getting into it today with a special guest of mine named John King. Now, John King was born again in 1980, and he immediately started seeking God's will for his life by spending countless hours each day seeking God's face while studying his word. And I, I have a very good feeling you're going to hear that as we get into it today. Uh, he's been married for 33 years. He has worked with many people in the area of marriage counseling. He also teaches in his church. He's been a member of Living Word Christian Center in Chicago for over 15 years. He teaches in the Bible school, the school of ministry. And uh, he also <laughs> is producing uh, the the uh, audio component for us for our 
eChurch at thefireplacechurch.org. He is a master at his trade in this area, and man, oh man, does he walk in God's call with enthusiasm and excitement. John King, welcome to Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall. Uh, thank you very much. Good to be here. Man, it's good to have you, brother. You know, I had a conversation with Walter King, who is our production director here, and he's the mastermind behind how we've put together the green screen and everything that we are using to execute what we're doing with the Fireplace Church. And he said, Daniel, man, you got you to gotta talk to John King. He, this guy can teach. He puts fire under people's butts, man. And I said, I got to get this guy on my program. And so I'm excited that you're here. Now, you, man, you got saved in 1980 and spent countless hours with God after that. Tell us about that. What, what gets you countless hours with God? Well, you know, it's kind of interesting. Uh, just a little bit of history before that. I um, was a traveling musician. I actually played for this group called the uh, the Shylights, and they're the ones who did "Have You Seen an Old Girl." They had about eleven gold albums out back then, and and um, and so I was touring in Germany. I was um, over in um, Japan doing TV shows and all of that. I played for another group, Harvey Mandel. But basically, from probably from 17 to age 20, I was doing pretty much what most people dream about. You know, I mean, you go to work, playing music, you get paid well, you're partying, um, you know, the whole women, the whole, uh, the, the, everything that goes along with that music industry was there. Uh, and so you, 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 you've got everything that you think you would ever want. And, and at the age of 20, well, what would happen, Daniel, this is so interesting, my sister was born again. And so when I would come home off of tour, she would always talk to me about the Lord. And, and basically, you know, I would curse her out, man. I didn't Whoa. want to hear that. I'm having a good time. <laughs> the last thing I could care about is anything to do with church or Jesus or anything like that. And so she would talk to me about it. And I would just let her know I just hated to even hear it. But, but yet, um, you know, I was afraid of dying. Daniel, I was afraid of dying. And so we'd be on those eight-hour plane trips, and I was really concerned because I knew if that jet went down, if that plane crashed, I knew I was going to keep on going because there was no doubt in my mind that I was going to hell if I died. There was no doubt whatsoever. So, okay. And so what I would do, and I heard about the rapture. It's because, you know, she would talk about it. And so even when I was at home, there was a bad thunderstorm or something going on. What I would do, I would check her bedroom. And if she was still at home, if she was still sleeping in the bed, I knew I was safe because the rapture hadn't happened. <laughs> and so by the time I reached age 20, I had everything that I ever wanted. All I could do was make more money or party more and everything, and I was empty on the inside. And so what I did is I went to my sister's church mm -hmm. because I knew she was real. I would never tell her that, but I knew whatever she believed, she believed it with her whole heart. And I went to her church, and I was sitting down, and this is what I made a deal with God. I said, Lord, if you can show me a better way of life in two weeks, I'll give my whole life to you. 
So now I'm sitting in church. I'm sitting in the pew, and I make this deal, not even listening to the preacher. I'm making this deal with them, and before you know it, I'm, st- I'm, I'm walking down the aisle. The pastor of the church has called for people who want to receive Christ as their Savior, and I'm walking. I never remembered getting up out of the seat. And I'm asking myself while, I, while I'm walking, where are you going? And so I, I you go around, the pastor had me repeat some words, but some, I wasn't really paying attention. Something was going on on the inside of me. When I made that deal with God, he took me up on it. And so what they do at this particular church, they take you to the, they call it a fellowship hall, and they talk to you about, you know, the decision you just made and all of that. Well, while this gentleman is talking to me, something's going on on the inside of me. And all of a sudden, it's like somebody took blinders off my eyes. I could actually see my life. I could see the life I was living, and I could see that it was wrong. And before then, I I never knew that was, I never gave it a second thought. But now as I'm looking at my life and the way I'm living, I began to weep because of my life. And so all of a sudden, Daniel, it's like somebody opened me up and poured nothing but pure love on the inside. And where I was crying, uh, weeping because of my life, now all of a sudden, because of this joy that's on the inside, I am crying out of joy. And it's nothing but love. And this is what I tell people. God just doesn't have love. God is love. Mm. In other words, if you cut God... He would bleed love all over the place. He is, he is love. That's when, I, that's when I discovered that God doesn't have treasures with him. He is the treasure. Mm. He's the treasure. And so now he's filled me. I'm drunk in the spirit, but yet I have all my senses. And the Lord begins to speak to me as if we've been talking my whole life. And there was a young lady over on the side, and she, you know, was back there to minister to people. But she was just kind of standing up, and the Lord spoke to me while I'm having this experience. He said, you see that young lady over there? I said, yes, yes, Lord. He said, she's not feeling what you're feeling, is she? I said, no, she's not. He said, just remember, when you're not feeling what someone else is, rejoice with them. Mm. And I never read the scripture, rejoice with those who rejoice. And so what began to happen in my life, mm-hmm. instead of me reading the Word and doing what's in the Bible, the, I was doing what's in the Bible, and then I would read it later. And so the Word of God became a confirmation of what He was doing in my life. And so now I leave the church, and, and while I'm going home, I say, man, I, I got to tell my best friend that, you know, we can't hang out anymore. I cut everything. I, I threw all my albums, hello albums 1980, I threw all my albums away. I threw my Stevie Wonder, I, I threw all of my Frank Zappa, all, all of the stuff that I listened to. I, it, would, would, it would really be worth money right now. But I threw it all away. I cut everything off to the point where 
one of the um, people that I used to work with saw me, and they, they saw me across the street, and they screamed out. They said, you are a fool. You're a fool. You gave up everything. But I, but I made a deal. And so I, I, I didn't touch a keyboard. I didn't touch an instrument. And I grabbed that, that Bible and started reading it, and it, it really was reading me. It, it came alive in me, and, and the Lord speaking to me became a, an everyday, a natural thing. In other words, God's whole plan in that new birth it's not so we can do church work. That's not the, that's not the plan. <laughs> the very first thing is so he can have an intimate relationship with his kids. Look at that. The very first thing. And so, and so now I start seeking God. I was so hungry because before, it's, it's kind of interesting, in the era when I came up in those 70s, there were these movies out like, I don't, I don't know if you know of them or remember them, but The Exorcist. And in The Exorcist, uh, you know, this little girl was demon-possessed and her head would spin, and for some reason the priest's cross wasn't working anymore. Yeah. You know, he'd hold it up and get thrown against the wall. Uh, Cujo, I mean, there were these, like, demonic films up. And so... We were pretty much scared of the devil because he was depicted to have more power than God. But I, I, I found this scripture that said God hasn't given us the spirit of fear. Mm-hmm. In Timothy. And so I was in my room. I'm reading the word of God. And I'm kind of hearing these noise and, and all of this stuff. And because I found that scripture, I, I, I just said, in the, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke this spirit of fear. That was trying to come on me. And the most amazing thing happened, Daniel. One moment, I'm feeling fear. And when I rebuked the spirit, the fear was gone. And, and I said to myself, oh, my goodness, if this is true in this word, then what else is true? And that started me on a feeding frenzy. I came home that day when I got born again. I was telling my best friend we couldn't hang out together and all of that. He went to his grandmother's church and got born again the same day. Oh, wow. And so we went out of our crazy lifestyle into this being, I mean, we got, um, we got Strong's Concordance. We had different versions back then. You know, you had a computer where you could just <laughs> grab everything online. Of but we had all our books, vines expository, uh, just a bunch of, and we would just study, we would fast two to three days out of the week. And so now what begins to happen, the more you began to know God's word and the more you began to seek him, the more you began to hear his voice. He's giving you instructions all the time. And I remember one time, and this is way back when I first got born again, I read this passage. It said, my sheep know my voice, and the strangers, they will not follow. And so, and this is what I said, and I kind of whispered it. I said, Lord, I don't know your voice. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, John, it's not what the voice sounds like. It's what the voice is saying. Because when we hear 
the Holy Spirit, when we hear God's voice, when the enemy is talking to us, it all sounds the same. Because it's, it's, it's all spiritual, but our mind hears our voice. So our thoughts come in our own voice. And so the discernment comes, not with what, how the voice sounds, but what words are being spoken. If it's words of condemnation, then it's from the enemy. If it's words that build you up, then it's from the Lord. And, and now you begin to discern his voice. And the more you discern his voice, the more you realize that he's been talking to you all the time. And so it got to a place, Daniel, where mm-hmm. now I'm born again. I get married. And I, me and my wife, are dependent on the Holy Spirit in leading us in everything we can do, everything we do. And so now, to this day, here, here I am, born again 36 years later, but to this day, my seeking God is to hear his voice, because whenever he speaks, whenever I hear the Holy Spirit, when I follow him, there's always fruit. That, you know... <sighs> Wow. Go ahead. No, that is so key. So let's just backtrack a little bit. All right. Uh, you, you, you're a crazy guy. Yeah. Wow. No, no. <laughs> crazy. But then God straightened you out. And Amen. It, <laughs> you used to get drunk one way, now you're getting drunk another way. There, there we go. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and, and, and folks, let me just give a, a brief aside here. Some people get very uncomfortable about different kinds of ways the Spirit of the Lord manifests in people. And I've mentioned different things at times and had different kinds of emails come in. You know, the Bible does say at one point, be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. And it's like setting up this comparison there. I remember when I was in Bible school, I actually had started almost like a mini revival at my job. And I used to pull people in the back and pray with them. And there was one guy that you saw, this guy loved to smoke dope. I mean, he really liked it, loved it. Just toke up, man, you know, get blasted. So we, I would pull him in the back and make him pray with me. And one day we were praying and the spirit of the Lord gave him a high. And, and we got done and he looked at me and he was like, man, this is better than any high I've ever had. I, I think I realized that God is a better way. Oh, my was, goodness. I was like a testimony. It's like, wow, God. Like, so you, you could deliver people by giving them something genuine that makes them realize just how weak the counterfeit is. You know, people say, well, why would God do something like that to point out the counterfeit? <laughs> Go ahead. Right. It, there is a scripture that says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Mm. And I didn't get a chance. And this is, this is a good thing for me. I didn't come out of church. So I didn't get a chance to learn right way, church way, wrong way. Mm. It's like you witnessing a tornado pick up a, a house or uproot a tree. And then you're talking to someone who's, ne- who's only felt the wind as a breeze. And so they may say to you, hey, man, a, a wind can't pick up a house. And, and you're not, I, I'm not going to argue with them. It's too late for me, Daniel. Mm-hmm. It's too late. B- 
because I've already experienced God. Wow. He's been my marriage counselor for going on 34 years. He's, he's the one that, uh, I'm, I'm outside playing in the snow up here in Chicago. Hello. Hello. <laughs> playing in the, in the snow with my three kids and my two nephews, and we're running around in the snow and playing, and I get back in the house, and I reach in my, in my pocket, and I, and I, I drop my keys. Oh. So, so I get this bright idea, okay, I'm going to go out and just follow my tracks. Do you know how many tracks you have with five kids <laughs> running around? In this? And, so I, and so when I looked and saw all those footprints, I said, Lord, please help me find my keys. And so I walk out the front door. I walk past over to the, the neighbor's house. The Holy Spirit says, stop here. I stop. He says, reach down. I reach down in the snow and my hands on my key. Look at that. When I'm, when I'm at the, I, I go to the zoo on, we call it free day up here. We have the Brookfield Zoo. And I go to the zoo with my family. And my, my, my sons are walking up with, with their mom ahead of, ahead of me. And I'm walking with my daughter. My daughter's at the age where you have to take a stroller. You know what I'm saying? She, she's going to walk, but she's going to get tired, and you're going to need to put her in a stroller. So me and my daughter are walking behind them. We've got maybe 10 feet behind them or so, and she's kind of pushing, she's pushing the stroller with me. Well, Daniel, I look over, and my daughter is gone. Oh. And let me tell you something. I'm, I'm, not, I'm being truthful with you. The first thing I did is I looked up to make sure her mother didn't know. <laughs> because what, whoa, are, are you suggesting, John, that you're a real person? I mean, sometimes <laughs> people, they, they hear people on my program or, or me, and they're like, oh, you're not a real person, though. You're like a robot or something, a Jesus robot. <laughs> no, we're real people. Okay, go ahead, we're man. I, I love it. I love it. And so my because let me tell you something. If my wife would have seen her daughter missing, oh, man. The lions would have been in trouble. The bears would have been in trouble. I'm telling you now. It's just the way life is. And so I look up. She's not. And now I can tell this fear is going to grip my heart. And this is what I say before this black cloud gets to me. I say, Lord, you told me don't be, don't be anxious for anything, but pray about everything. I said, Lord, please help me find my daughter. And in the direction I was getting ready to run, the Holy Spirit had me turn the other way. And, I st- and then you have to walk. Because when you're being led by the Spirit, you can't run because you have to hear from Him. So there is no running and so, unless He tells you to run. And so now I'm walking, walking. Then He says, stop. I stop. Then He says, look down. I look down. And over from me, one of the attendants is uh, bent over talking to a little girl trying to find the parents. And I go over and get my daughter. And watch this. I do not tell my wife no now two years later i am teaching a sunday school class oh, no. and i'm not I, you know I, I forgot i didn't tell her you know and oh, no. so i'm giving oh. this testimony and when i tell the class what happens my wife jumps up and says what <laughs> i said oh my god and the class the class starts laughing because they all realize at the same time that she had no idea but I, I told her, I said, honey, there's no way that I could have you every time I go with my daughter. Now, don't lose her the way you did before. I can't, I can't live like that, Daniel. Oh, my. Oh, my. And so the Holy Spirit has been 
my guide. Mm. He's been my guide. That okay? So we're coming back now. All right. You, you're a real person, even after you get saved. And, and <laughs> God, God had, had, had pulled you aside though, and you, you gave up everything, and your friend got saved right away, and, and then you began on this radical approach to God: fasting, prayer you know Jesus time and then this voice of God be is is coming to you and you're beginning to discern it and what it means God's explaining to you and then you you out of that you are finding that the Bible is confirming what you are learning through relationship yes that's profound yes and it's and it's it's always been that way it's it's amazing to me I, it, it, it hasn't slowed down at all. And, and everything, every time I think, you know, I've got something pretty much under control or I'm doing okay, mm-hmm. he'll show me where I need to make an adjustment. Because his ultimate plan for us is to be just like Jesus mm-hmm. in the way we talk, in the way we forgive, in the way we love. We, we get born again, and, and we have his spirit. We're complete in our spirit, man. But our, our soul, man, our mind, our emotions, it has to be, it's being saved. It has to be renewed. It, 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 has, to, it has to be, uh, the old man has to, we got to let the old man die. And, and so I get these instructions I, for, for my marriage, for my marriage, the Holy Spirit has been my counselor, and as a, as a, just as a quick example, mm-hmm. uh, I remember him telling me. He said, "From now on, when your wife asks you a question, don't tell her where well, you should have listened to me yesterday, or I already talked to you." He says, "Don't do that." He says, "That's nothing but pride, and that comes straight from the devil." He says, "From now on, talk to her the way I talk to her." Give her the information that she needs only. And he always gives me scripture behind everything he says. And that is that if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives liberally and upbraids not. He says every time that you say, well, dog, baby, I told you that. Yeah, he says that's nothing but pride. And so he teaches me to drop things. He, he shows me, he'll, he'll tell me, stop being mean. He, he, that's, and I'll read it, you know what I mean, you know. And so that's been our life. He's been our teacher. He, he's the one, if you come to my home, when you're driving down, he's the one who showed me and told me how to get my home. He's the one who told me what to pay for my last home, and I, I didn't know how to negotiate at 24 years old. But so that's who he's been. He delivered my home from a flood, man, and it flooded all of the next four homes, and, and, I, and water defied gravity in front of my eyes. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I need a story. How did the Holy Spirit... Deliver your home from a flood. Uh, let's get. Let me. Let me get some details, man. This sounds amazing. Let uh, Let me tell you what happened. We were up here, and it had been raining constantly. There was so much water that there were certain streets 
that had buckled underwater uh, because of the pressure of the water. And so there was no more place for water to run in the sewer system. And so the, we were in a, our, our duplex. My mom stayed on one side, and me and my family stayed on the other side. And in our duplex, the way it goes is when you're going into our garage, you have to you drive down to the garage because it's like a bi-level. So you, you, your, your driveway goes down into the garage, and you park your one car there. And, and, and then if you're in the house, you can, you can walk up with, uh, five stairs, and you're upstairs where the kitchen and everything is, and a bedroom, two bedrooms. Or you can walk down five stairs just to kind of give you a view of it. And down in the lower part, I've got my little studio and got my, my, my equipment down there and my son's bedroom. And so it's raining, raining, raining. And I, 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 there's a whole other part of this. We just don't have time to hit it. But in this part, um, it's raining. And so me and my wife, because what happens is there was so much water pressure that the little um, sewer, I call it a little sewer or whatever they call it, in your basement in the lower level, water starts kind of pushing up out of that. And downstairs we've got a patio door. We see the water building up on the patio door. And so now... Me and my wife were in the house praising God and thanking God because, you know, we're believing God that we will not get flooded because we had been flooded before. And so now the water's still coming and the rain's still coming down. So I go outside in the rain. I walk to the edge of the driveway while it's raining. The water is beginning to come over the sidewalk. And once it does, it floods. It goes down and that's it. And so what I do is I go outside and I say, in the name of Jesus, I command you rain to stop. And when I said it, Daniel, the rain kept coming. <laughs> then I turned and uh -huh. I heard these words coming out of my mouth. I said, Lord, you said you would never flood this earth again. That's my part of earth. And when I said it, I turned to the water that was already coming over, and I, I, come, I said, and I command you to stop. And when I did, it stood up in a heap, defied gravity, and flooded the next four homes, and it starts with our home. And, Daniel, I'm telling you the truth, man. You, you're going to get calls. You're going to get emails and everything else on this. When I saw the water stand up, I said, I don't believe it. And I found out you can have doubt in your head and faith in your heart, but the Holy Spirit spoke through me. I would have never put him, the, the rainbow, and him saying he'll never flood the earth. I would have never come up with that. But when that word came forth, it came with the power of God and stopped the flood. And when I saw that water stand up in a heap, I said to myself, God, you haven't changed. You haven't changed. See, that's, that's, that's powerful, man. I, that reminds me of a few stories in my own life. I mean, it's just funny. You know, they say favor isn't fair. Yeah. No, and it's not. And and I'll tell you what, the word of God, the, the weapons of the warfare that you give a man, it's not fair what happens. You, you said the water stood up and everyone else's house got flooded. Like, Yeah. Yeah. But God will make a distinction on behalf of his kids. He uh, will. He will. And I was just talking to someone the other day. I said, you know, it's interesting that there are certain promises that are to those who love God. Not that God loves. When he says that all things work together 
for the good of those who love the Lord. In Psalms 91, he says that for, for the one who loves him, he'll satisfy him with long life. There are certain promises that, because God loves everybody. He reigns on the just and the unjust. He loves everybody. But there are certain promises that are specifically stated for the one who loves God. That's, that's extremely insightful. So check this out. Check this out, right? I remember when I was at Bible school, and this was uh, oh, hmm, eight years ago. Mm-hmm. So I, I had a 1988 Volkswagen Jetta. Color, okay. rust. I, you know, I don't think it came in that color, but that's the color I got <laughs> when I got it. And it had no air conditioning, no power windows. The brake was a leg press. If I wanted to stop the car, you know, work out every time. Um, so, and then, anyway, uh, and, and the radio was busted. So it, it was really, man, it, not much of a, a looker and not very valuable but it, it worked yeah well i put the blood of jesus man on everything god taught me real early in my christian walk put the blood of jesus <laughs> on everything your your house your car your bank account your food just just cover everything because you know otherwise it's wasted resources so i put the blood of jesus on everything and my car got the blood of jesus well there was in tulsa Hey, they, they have this weird weather pattern. It's called an ice storm. When an ice storm manifests, everything gets covered in a layer of water that immediately freezes on contact. Wow. So it's like the whole city is a big crystal. It's really cool except for this one thing. You know how heavy ice is? Absolutely. So it comes on those tree branches. Yeah. It comes on those telephone poles, and suddenly everything yeah. is breaking and falling mm. and collapsing. Well, ice storm hit. And I, see, I had this car, and my neighbor, he had a beautiful new motorcycle. I mean, this thing was shiny. It was still shiny. Brand new. I mean, it was like his baby. I saw him wiping it down. He's like, yeah, you got a little smudge on there? Wipe it off with the cloth. Like, yeah, that's his baby. And I'm like, you know. So he parked it right next to my car. I'm like, thank you. So I, you know, parked my car right (laughs) under a giant tree branch. Okay. In the apartment also. So, so the giant tree branch is over my car, which means that if it breaks, it's going to fall on my car because I'm under mm. the branch. Mm-hmm. And he parked next to me where the branch was not. Well, mm-hmm. my car had the blood. Now, what happened, because this is inspired by the Holy Spirit, same thing. Who's my coach, right? The Holy Spirit's like, Dana, put the blood on Jesus. So I put the blood of Jesus. That night, the storm hit, covered everything with ice. And I'm in, you know, sleeping, and I hear the cut, 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 boom, and I'm like, oh, man! And I knew that I had parked under the giant branch, so I was like, I'm not, I'm going back to sleep. I'll figure it out in the morning. This is just nuts. So I go back to sleep, wake up in the morning, go outside, on my way to Bible school, and as I'm walking outside, I'm like, oh, cause there. In utter dismay and confusion is my neighbor looking mm. at a branch on top of his bike. Mm, mm, mm. And mm, mm, mm. he's standing there and I'm like, oh my. <laughs> and he's like, I don't know how this happened. 
<laughs> and I'm like, neither do I. Because the branch was clearly on top of my car. <laughs> I don't know, Daniel. Maybe that branch looked at both vehicles <laughs> and that, said, okay, which one would I get the more joy from destroying? <laughs> look, the thing, the way I look at it, my, my car had a little dome of the blood of Jesus. So when that branch right. broke, it fell, it, it hit the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus said, nope. So it said, well, since I can't get this one, I'm going to look to my left. Oh, there it is. It rolled over, smack. And you know what? This is how favor is unfair. God, God makes intervention and he, man, he gives us wisdom through his spirit. Yes. Yes. He gives wisdom. He's, he's, he's called the spirit of wisdom. That's the Holy Spirit. He's called our helper. He's called our guide. He's called our intercessor. He, when we don't know what to pray, he gives us how to pray. Uh, this, is, this is Jesus with us in the earth. The, the disciples did not have an advantage having the physical Jesus walk with them. Why would Jesus say, let me tell you something, it's more of an advantage for me to leave than for me to stay, because if I don't leave, the Holy Spirit won't come. But it's more of an advantage for the Holy Spirit to be with you and in you than it is for me to be walking beside you. That's huge. Who would ever, who would ever think that? Jesus, wait a minute, you're saying it's better for something else to be here than you? And he said, yes. Why? Because now... I don't have to call Daniel up and say, Daniel, tell me about the Lord. (laughs) (laughs) I can actually pray and ask the Lord to tell me about himself (laughs) because he's our teacher and, and, and he's, this this anointing teaches us all things. I, you know, I went, I was, um, I don't know. I went to a, a, I think a little kitty land. We call it kitty land, a little kitty park. It's got little roller coasters and all those things, you know, for the kids too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I got on something that turned me probably around one more, one time more than I should have been turned. Uh-oh. And when I got home, my my vision was affected for whatever reason. I have no idea. When I would lean over, I'd get dizzy, and I lost peripheral vision in my left eye. I couldn't see. And, you, and I'm going to tell you something. Mm-hmm. You don't realize how much you, you use two eyes until you <laughs> lose sight on one of them. Because now when you're getting ready to, to go across the street, you're driving, instead of you being able to look, you've got to turn your whole head because now you've got to see with your right eye to the left. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, so, and, and, and at the time, I was the music director for my church. And so now, you know, I'm ha- I, can't, I can't see clearly and out of my left eye, and, and the enemy is talking to my mind. He's showing me pictures of being led in the service like Stevie Wonder, you know, and they got to lead me to the keyboard. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm telling you now, man, he was whooping me. He was, he was, he was getting on me, okay, I'm telling you. And so I'm believing God, Lord, thank you, by your stripes I'm healed. You know, I'm, I'm doing the best I can. And then my, my wife comes and she says, you know, do you, do you want to go to the doctor? And I, I said this, well, if you insist. But I was so glad she asked me, I'm oh. telling you now. And so I went, because we haven't <clears throat> been to the doctor. We've been, we've been healed, man. And, and so we don't have 
like a doctor. And so we go to, um, they have these express care places where you could go in and get checked. And so I go in one, and, and the, the doctor there looks at my eye, asks me questions and everything, and says, I don't know what's going on. You need to go to a specialist. And so I had to give them 80 bucks. Now, this is like 15 years ago, but I had to give them 80 bucks. Then I go to a, out here it's called the Wheaton Eye Clinic, where they have specialists. And so what they do, they set you in this chair, they, they dilute your pupil, and they give you a chart to draw out what you don't see, how it looks to you out of that eye and all of that. And so now he's got this little flashlight, and he's looking in my eye, it's all of this. And so he says, wait a minute, we're going to have to call in another specialist. And now I had to pay him $100. While I'm sitting in the chair, the Holy Spirit says to me, this is not against your health. This is against your finances. And I said to my wife, who was sitting over at the chair, I said, let's go, Bridget. I got it. I went home. I came against the spirit of debt and got healed. I wow. came against the spirit of debt and got healed. How do you figure that out? How does that work? I, I, don't, I don't know how that works. That's it. And, and what, no, go, continue. No, I was just going to say, what would I do without them? How, how, do I, how do you figure that? My goodness. This is why... Jesus said, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be yes. with you forever. Yes, that's right. Let me, let me ask you a question. John, people are struggling, man. How do I hear God for myself? I feel blocked. What do you say? This is what I tell them. First of all, first of all, those, and this is out of Hebrews 11 and 6. Those who come to God must first believe that he is. Now, what's kind of interesting about it is we're talking about Christians. For you to be a Christian, to be born again, you've got to believe that God is, you know. But the, but, but the Bible is wrote to born-again believers. It, so he says, whoever comes to me must first believe that I am. But what he's talking about is that I'm God in the situation you're dealing with. And this is what they also must believe if they come to him, that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And so if you feel that God is against you, if you feel like the reason I'm in this situation is my own fault and I know I deserve it, but Lord, please, when you come in that type of fear, it gets extremely hard to hear from God. Now, when I, was a, when I was a baby Christian, for the first six months, it seemed like I could ask anything at any time, and I'd get it right away. But it seemed like the older I got in Him, it seemed like I had to, okay, now why isn't this so easy? And I had to get more in His Word and find out His way of approaching Him. So, <clears throat> one thing, you can't have condemnation in you. Because the enemy, will just, he'll just rip you apart. You can't hear if you believe that God is the one who's judging you. It's, it's, it's hard to hear. And then 
The other thing is this. Your motive means everything. When I come to God with a, with a, a right motive, in other words, what I mean by that is that I'm really seeking his will to do his will. In my mind, I'm seeking him in my heart to actually do his will. I'm not just trying to get something fixed, but I really want to do his will. I want to see his will in that. Whenever I straighten out my motive, I hear his voice clearly. Now, this is the other thing. There's a few things. that You know, when I teach this class, it's like an eight-week course. But this is another thing that I talk about in hearing his voice. This is something I realized. The more I got into the Word of God, I remember saying this to myself after a year or so. I said, wow, I hear, I hear your voice much more clearly. This is what I found out. The more you get into God's Word and renew your mind, I'm not talking about just reading it. I'm talking about meditating it. I'm talking about taking a scripture apart, looking at it word for word, deciding that God isn't a liar, that the one who's talking to you is telling you the truth, and you're taking time. I'm not talking about getting all your teaching on Sunday from, you know, from the pastor, and then you're going to listen to someone else on Monday, then you're going to hear someone else. I'm talking about you taking that word, pushing everything else aside, and getting in it yourself. I found that the more that word I put in me, the clearer his voice was. It wasn't him at all. I just didn't discern his voice. As a matter of fact, Daniel, do we have time? Oh, we're just cruising, brother. Take your time. We're cruising. I remember, oh my goodness, I would, I would go to bed, and I would wake up, and it's three in the morning. And I, I said, man, why am I? And I couldn't go back to sleep. I didn't wake up in fear or nothing, but I was awake. And I was like, man, why am I awake? All right, let me just go in here and pray since I can't go back to sleep. <laughs> and I go in and pray, go back. The next night I wake up, 3 o'clock. And so then I said, okay, God, if this is you, I have one of those digital clocks with the red numbers. I said, if this is you, when I wake up in the morning, I don't want it to be 2.59. I don't want it to be 3.01. I want it to be 3 o'clock. And I woke up. I turned quick, 3-0-0. So I got up and I prayed. Prayer was easy. Prayer was easy. It was all good. The next night, I woke up and I waited a while. Then I turned over, 3 And this is what I said to him. I said, oh, my goodness. If this has been your voice, how often have I missed it? Because it sounds like you. It sounds like it's you. It sounds like you. It's the, even before you were born again, you know, even before people, you know, some told me not to go over to that party, you know. Uh, some told me I should have stayed home. I mean, they get the something told me. But it, he, it, he's, it's so natural. He's so, so one with us that when he speaks, most people don't discern it. And, and so, you know, and so they're, they're not hearing. But the more you meditate that word and get his word in you, the clearer his voice becomes. The clearer his voice becomes. And so now, for me, I understand that. It's so easy for me to get busy. 
And when I start getting busy, and, and then when I start just reading the Word to prepare for a class instead of seeking His face, you know, when I get moving, doing this and doing that, man, His voice, it gets hard to hear. It gets hard to hear. But then when I stop, and instead of me reading that Word for, for some reason, but, but reading it to know for His will for my life. Lord, I want to know Your heart. What's Your heart? What do you want to do today? Lord, I, I surrender my whole self to you. Lord, speak through me to your kids, to your people. So, Lord God, so whatever you want to, in fact, I tell them this all the time. I said, Lord, you don't even have to tell me what you, what you want me to say. You just go ahead and say it through me. Just use my mouth. You can skip me and just use me because I want to see your heart manifested because I want to see your people delivered. And when I, when I come like that, like, like a child, like a child, his voice gets very clear. His word becomes very alive for me. And I see his hand in my life throughout my day. He gives me instruction. I, I walked in my, um, I walked, I was uh, uh, going out, I was supposed to play for a funeral and uh, some years ago, and I, I decided to stop by my cousin's house on the south side, and you couldn't go down the regular street. So I parked in the alley. Last thing I remember being over my cousin's house, he had a little dog. We used to tie up, like hog tie him, you know, tie his legs together and everything. Oh, That's the last dog I remembered. And so I come in the back gate, I walk around the garage, and a German shepherd walks out of the basement. <laughs> and, and you know all the things you imagine you'll do? If a dog comes out, you know, karate kick him or jump a fence. I, I was in a suit. I wasn't doing none of that. And so I look at the dog. I give him the biggest smile I possibly can. Like, hey. And I could tell he wags his tail just for a minute. I could tell. But then, he, then this look came over him. I don't know you. And now I'm standing up in a suit. And the Holy Spirit has me just keep my arms folded and stand up. The dog jumps me. He's almost pushing me over. His paws are on my shoulder. I see his mouth through the corner of my eye, open, open, and when it gets to my shoulder, it's shut. And he can't open it. And my cousin walks out from the basement, and he freezes because he sees his dog jumping on me. The dog gets down. He's confused. The dog jumps me again. Mouth open, mouth open. By the time it gets to my shoulder, it's closed, and he can't open it. I said, Irvin, come get your dog. And he's still frozen. I did. I shouted again. He can't. When he went to grab the dog, the dog tried to bite him. And he walks down in the basement. My cousin's shaking his head. You so lucky. You so lucky. I said, I'm blessed. He said, You're blessed. I never heard a religious word come out of my cousin's <laughs> mouth before. <laughs> but the Holy Spirit, he, Daniel, mm -hmm. he gives instructions or he leads. When I say the Holy Spirit said, it's not that he. You got these necessarily these words. Um, uh, this is a spirit. This is uh, against your your um, debt. This is a this is a spirit of debt. Or what? It's not that it's words. It's a knowing. It's, it's a so, it's a knowing. It's it's so true. You got into something that is so significant. I just have to highlight it, brother. Motive. When you go into prayer, when I go into prayer, expecting God to tell me, A, 
But really, when God wants to say B, the thing is, it's just radio silence. It's like, <laughs> God, tell me A, right? You're going to tell me A, right? You're going to tell me A, right? No? God, why aren't you speaking? There's nothing to say. Oh, you, well, uh, and then you come back to your thing on, you know, a lot of Christians, they take their agenda into prayer and they expect God to just co-sign on it. I, I do it. I do it. I mean, I have to catch myself. It's, it's like, okay, let me put my Christmas list before you. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I have, to, I have to, I slip into that silliness every so often. And I have to shake myself and say, John, th- this is not communion. This is you talking. You're just telling him what you want, and you binding and loosening. And one time, one time, I was sitting there binding, and you know, in this this what I call warfare prayer. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, "Why don't you just believe?" Hmm. And I had to stop all that noise. Think about what I was believing for think about the one who told me that he's not a liar you know that he he doesn't he doesn't change what comes out of his mouth he he he, 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 he there's no shadow of his turn and then i believed with my heart and i got the manifestation sometimes i get into this religious thing without knowing it and i you get nothing let me tell you something man i have a very aggressive approach yeah it's been there since you know I turned my life back to God in when I was 20. I had, you know, this revolution, and I backslid for about two years or something like that. Just got straightened uh-huh. out, pancake, okay. and man. And, and it became very aggressive. It's like, you know, I am going to melt this thing forever. Because I, I, you know what I got? I got a revelation of living for eternity. I said, okay. God's got a reward. Yeah. So I'm going to maximize that. I, I'm gonna, and, and you know what? I, 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 like you, man, I'm like head over heels, fall in love with Jesus and running. And I'm like, I'm not going to look mm-hmm. to the right or to the left. So the God took me into a couple seasons and in Bible school. I mean, I remember there was a, the second year I was in Bible school, God said, this year is going to go by so fast. Your life's going to be like a train just mm. going past. And you're just going to watch it just fly. And you can't even discern all the activity that's going on because it's moving so fast. And that mm. was that year. But then the next three years, it was like pause. And it, yep. was, it was the brakes went on and it was like nothing. I mean, there was just nothing. And I remember one day I'm in the middle of this and I'm like, this, this is just nuts. I study, I pray, I fast, I do everything. I have, there's nothing I'm not doing. Everything in the world. I find stuff in the word to find. I mean, and I'm like, so then one day I'm, I'm sitting there, I'm like, and I'm commanding doors. Every door that's standing in front of me, get down. Bow to Jesus. Bow to Jesus' doors. And God was like, Daniel. <laughs> said, Daniel, I'm your door. Mm. Uh, you know, mm, he, mm, mm. this is talk about motive, right? My motive yeah. is yeah. my agenda for Jesus. And God had to pull me out of that and say, no, no, no. Wrong motive. If your motive is me, then you can hang out right here next to mm. me in your uh. quiet space. And abide in my presence wow. where we just hang out because I'm wow. preparing you for something very great. And we need some buddy, buddy time, years yep. of buddy, buddy time. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, it's like a shocker. People. Yeah, there's a place for warfare prayer. 
Yes, there is. Led by the Holy Spirit. <laughs> <laughs> Amen, brother. Amen. That's when, it's, that's when it works. You know, I, um, you, it's kind of interesting. You know, the, the Old Testament gives us all these physical examples of spiritual truths, right? Mm-hmm. And um, what's kind of interesting is when they were following that ark with Moses, and, you know, Moses told the people, make sure you don't get too close on it, stay a distance so you can follow it. But, Daniel, sometimes the ark would be in a, one place for one night, and they would camp one night, and the next day, because that ark was moving, they moved. But sometimes it was there for a year, and they just had to stay where they were at, because if that ark didn't move, they couldn't move. And so some of the hardest places I know for me personally is when it gets quiet. <laughs> the first thing, you know, I'm like, Lord, what did I, I remember, oh, my God, I just, I, I was trying to figure out, did God leave me? You know, what did I do? Lord, what did I do? You know, I need to hear, you know, crying out. And I found out <clears throat> after a while that crying, it, it didn't work for me. It may work for someone, but... Just crying, and Lord, going through all of that did not do anything. And so, because I get, I got kind of tired of all that crying and stuff, I said, well, let me go to his word and see what he says. I said, okay, Jesus, I want to hear your voice. So I just turned to the red writing and started reading, you know, because it had gotten to that. Oh. But, but what happened, what I found out is that the Lord was teaching me to trust his word, to stand on what he said, whether I felt this or whether I didn't feel anything. As a matter of fact, the most powerful miracles I've seen, I didn't feel a thing whatsoever. But there had to even be a training in that. But motive is so important, and the the work is to be like a child. Just to be, just to be hungry, just to be totally dependent on him. You know, the, uh, there comes a point where you, you know, you done, you done bound and you done loosed everything you can loose and bind. I mean, it's just, <laughs> it's just. And so there, you've got to get quiet. You've, you've got to praise is good, praise is good, just to worship him for who he is and all of that. But <clears throat> and then. You know, just talking about motive. I remember one uh, gentleman I was, a friend of mine I was talking to, and he was having some issues in a certain area, and, and we prayed. You know, I prayed for him, and, we, and, and then I saw him a couple of weeks ago, and he said, you know, I'm still having this issue over here. And it was kind of strange for me because I, I, I really sensed when I prayed that that thing was done. I mean, I, 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 knew, that it, I knew the counsel was solid. But then he came to me two weeks later, and this is what he said. I, I, I said to him, I said, man, if there must be something else going on. And this is what he said to me. He says, you know, I am, I am living with a young lady. I am, I am living with a young lady. And when he said it, I said, that's it. That's it. Because for whatever God, whatever he wanted God to do, that thing needed to be corrected. And I'm not saying that if you're having problems, you ain't hear from God, it's because of this. And I'm saying in that particular case, in that particular case, 
he needed to move that sin out of his life. He needed to move that to see the manifestation of this prayer that we had prayed. And so what I do is, you know, I check my life, man. I, I, um, I remember one time, uh, just the, the Lord spoke to me and said, you know, you, you've got unforgiveness. I said, Lord, who, you know, against your son. I said, Lord, I've forgiven my son. You know, I wrote a book on it. But I, I said, I've forgiven my son. What do you, what do you say? He said it was something small that he had done. It was a grown, these are grown sons, okay? But it was something he had done, and, and, uh, and I said to, to myself, I said, boy, at least he, he could have at least apologized. And the Lord said, you're holding your son in debt, and the payment that you're requiring is an apology. I said, oh, man. I said, right now, Lord, I release him. He doesn't, he doesn't owe me anything. And so what I find out is the, the closer I get or the, the more I seek him, it gets tighter. I mean, he shows me other things that would seem minimal to people, but because I'm in a different place, he keep, in other words, he keeps growing me, Daniel. Mm-hmm. And if I get to a place where I harden my heart and say, well, no, you know, I'm, hey, he, they owe me that. You know what I'm saying? If I don't turn, I don't get another instruction. God doesn't go to B. If he's giving you A to do, he does not skip O. I've never had him skip over A in my life and go to B. If he's told me one thing to do, he, he's always required me to obey the last thing that he told me. And so I've had to go back to the last thing he told me and do that to, to, to hear the next step. And that's another thing that can kind of um, hinder hearing his voice if he's already told you to do something and you've neglected to do it. That's a, that is a ancient wisdom. Y- you know, I, I think that this is one of the, the big challenges, John, is you hear the Holy Spirit, and then he tells you something that you didn't want to hear. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. No, I don't want to. I, I, I mean, I'll go back to Bible school for a minute. You know, I, I learned so many lessons there, right? Okay. So Miles Monroe came, visited my church. Mm-hmm. And uh, the pastor was in this building project. So he was like, you know, uh, he's raising money for this thing, and it was for their Bible school. And anyway. They need tens and tens of thousands of dollars. So Miles Monroe comes and he is speaking on the kingdom. And then he goes into this thing where he's like, at the end, you all need to support your pastor. As a matter of fact, I hear the Holy Spirit saying, and I'm like, all right, let's see what the Holy Spirit is telling him. There are 50 people in here that are supposed to give a thousand dollar seed to your pastor for this thing. And I'm mm. like, nope. <laughs> At that time, I'm like, I have just crossed the $1,000 marker in my savings account, and I'm broke. I've been just really, really stingy, and, and I've been, like, you know, saving everything I can. I mean, I've been tithing, but I've been, you know, saving, and I, I'm really proud yeah, of this man. little nugget. Yep. Man, that Holy Spirit. He came on me and I just had that, you know, you just start that slow slide into your chair where you're like, I am sinking under the weight of conviction and I'm sinking lower and lower and I'm fighting. I'm like, I'm not giving it up. I'm not giving it up. 
I don't want to do it. And God's just like, Oh my goodness. Come on, man. <laughs> this, Miles Monroe heard the Holy Spirit. And, yeah. you know, it was like, it was, the, I didn't want him to be right at that time in my life. And right. I. Oh, no, no, that's, that, that's where you say, get thee behind me. <laughs> right. And so he, get thee behind me, say, he's already back there. This is me. And, and <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh. So, you know what I did? I obeyed. Mm. I got up. I walked down the aisle. And I basically wrote a check from my whole bank account. It's gone uh. overnight. But, praise God, I was obedient. Because, see, that's the point in time where a person reaches a, a, critical, a, a critical juncture. Yeah. Where they were stretched. Holy Spirit yeah. spoke. Yeah. They're stretched. They will either obey or not. And the interesting thing. The interesting yeah. thing. In the book of Deuteronomy 28, and I had a great speaker uh, the other weekend bring this up. Deuteronomy 28 has this principle where if the camp of Israel, if they didn't obey, mm -hmm. God said the heavens would become bronze. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm. That's right. Oh, you know, it's like, ah, and it's, it, it kind of has a carryover. Is that what you were saying? God's not going to continue to speak. We're not obedient to the last you, thing. You, Daniel, do you, do you have children? No. Oh, okay. So you, but but you, but you, but you were a child. I was, I was a child. <laughs> I bet you ten dollars you were a child. I okay. <laughs> but I'm gonna tell you something. Uh huh. If if my dad told me to do something, John, go cut the grass, <laughs> and I didn't do that. There is no sense in me asking him for anything, because when I come in, he's going to ask me one question. Did you cut the grass? <laughs> I mean, that's what's going to come up. And so I know if I want favor, if I want to walk in, and especially if I'm going to request, then I'm going to have to do what he told me to do. Besides that, you giving that $1,000 was not for that event. God chose you to give it. You were one of the ones because it had something to do with where he was taking you. That's right. It's never about God. Could, God can call one person in to pay that whole thing off. It, that, that is not a problem for him. But be, I've never, Lord have mercy, I've never seen promotion without a test first. Never. Never. Wait a minute. John? What is promotion in Ooh. the body of Christ? Wait, talk, talk to us a little bit. Of, I love that you brought that up. Talk to yeah, me about well, it. You, you know, in Psalms, I think it's Psalm 75, it says that promotion doesn't come from the east, west, north, or south. It comes from God. He'll set up one and set on another. Now, watch this. Promotion, now, promotion can happen in the natural and spiritually. It's, spirit, it's all spiritual. But what I'm saying, you can see the manifestation one place or the other. Let me tell you about one type of promotion. One type of promotion that God does spiritually is he enlarges us on the inside. And whenever something is enlarged, it can actually hold more. It's got a greater capacity. And so what God does is when we're faithful over a few things, 
he makes us ruler over much. And so what he'll do is he'll, like, you're believing God in, I have to believe God for my business. I have to pray for my clients. I have to, I, I've depended on him for I don't know how long. He's the one who brings me and creates my business. But now at one point, <clears throat> I was, when I first, uh, you know, was doing some things, I was, uh, you know, just making maybe 10% of what I'm what I do now how I create and how I produce but now I remember a time when I'm seeking God and all of a sudden he gives me an idea where this one particular type of labor I'm doing instead of me recording a piece a certain way he shows me a different way to record it where I can do it I can do twice the amount in the exact same amount of time and so what he did and this was a paid-per-thing basis. So what he did, I still got paid the same thing for the work I was doing, but now it took half the time. And so right then what he did is he promoted me and gave me a raise through giving me a revelation of how to do something different. And so in Proverbs it says that witty ideas come from God. So one way he promotes is he will give you ideas, he will give you concepts, he will give you an answer to a problem. Hello, Joseph and, and Pharaoh's dream, you know, and coming out, hey, somebody tell me this dream, and he gives him a revelation, an understanding of that dream, and he gets, Joseph gets promoted to the second most powerful man in the world, you know. Yes. And so that's, that's one way that he promotes us. Another another way, and, and so now, spiritually speaking, what the Lord will do is he'll cause you to be in situations and circumstances that really test your patience. Why? Because he's teaching you or he's moving you into a place that, you, that he's got to have you be able to, um, to champion, to, to get the victory over your emotion. Because what he's got for you, it's no way that you'll be able to go off the same way in, in, in an emotional fit or, or say the same type of words in this place he wants to take you. And so he keeps us sometimes in these places where it's a hard place. The person over us seems like, oh, you know, they're, they're coming against us and, and they don't like me or, or you know, they, they, they don't listen to any of my ideas. And so, he, and so there comes a point where we have to learn what long-suffering is. And we have to learn how to keep our mouth shut or to, to cause our words to be filled with grace, to be uh, quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. And then when we finally submit under the hand of God, because we know that's His will, then all of a sudden He'll move the situation. And He'll, he'll move you into a greater place. It may be management from being an agent. Wherever it may be, but as you look back, you'll see that, wait a minute, God had to deal with this in my life before he could move me to this place that I've been praying for all the time. And so a lot of times we're praying, Lord, I want, I want a better job. Or I want, Lord, I want to make more money in this particular thing. Or, Lord, I want to do this for you. I want to do that. God says yes. He says yes. He says yes. He says all the promises in Corinthians of God are yes and amen. But now he's got to build things in us. Now he's got to uproot things that would cause us to 
fall if we were elevated into that place. So when I talk about promotion, one way is he increases our capacity spiritually. And how do you know when you're, how do you know when you're strong? How do you know when you're strong spiritually? How do you know when your spirit man is strong? When you are patient, long-suffering, with joy. What is, the, what, is the, what, is, what is patience perfect work when it no longer bothers you? The situation is still there, but you have peace within it. How do you know, when are you spiritually weak? When are you, when are you not eating that word? Or when are you spiritually, when you go off the handle quickly, when you have an attitude, when you're, when you, when you, when you're up one moment and down the next. That's all spiritual. And so for promotion, it's God increasing. If the prayer of Jabez is promotion. Increase my borders, you know. John. So it caused me not to be to do evil to anyone and things of that nature. So you, that's you, a huge subject. You are just nailing it, and you, you touched on something that I, I really like because you're talking about God having promises, yet there's a way He unpacks those promises into our lives. Here's the passage. I love it. Proverbs 10.22. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, the blessing of the Lord brings true, this is amplified, brings true riches. King James yeah. says, maketh rich. And yeah. adds no sorrow to it, for it comes as a blessing of God. Now, if your foundation is broken and disheveled, God can't bring true riches onto that foundation yet. He has to That's change right. it. So That's the blessing... Right honors his word and does not add sorrow to a person's life. Absolutely. So absolutely. It's it's this idea that okay, you believe in God for all these promises and great things in your life and expansion and growth in all these areas, not only in the spirit, but also into the natural. Well, then you have to let God fulfill his own word on behalf of the work he's doing to make those promises manifest. Absolutely. Sometimes absolutely. And if that foundation's rotting He's got to tear the whole thing out. It That's might, right. It might take a little while. It may take a little while. <laughs> but I'm not going. I'm not going to give my son. Uh, I'm not going to give my my son a car. And and he, he's tore up every other thing that I've given him. He's tore up his bike. He's 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 not he's not been faithful over the few things that I've given him. For me to give him something. That, that has that much power with it, I wouldn't be a good parent. But I'm going to talk to him. I'm going to train him up. I'm going to get him and say, hey, you need to take care of this. You need to put this away. You know, uh, you, don't, don't hit your brother. You know, don't hit your sister. I mean, as I see my son or my daughter being faithful over a few things that I talk to them about, now I release to them more responsibility. Now, if I'm giving them an allowance, I can increase their allowance because now I know they won't go and spend it all on candy. Now, so the more faithful they are over the few things I give them, I am promoting them. They don't even know it. I am promoting them all the time. And so God is like that. I, I'm telling you, the Lord has, he, he, he goes after things that, are, that, are, that, that have not been planted that are in our lives. 
he goes after things that he didn't plant in our lives. And what he does, he prunes, he uproots those things. Why? So he can, he can plant in, or so it, what, can, what he's ordained can grow up in our lives. And, and like I tell people, I, you, you want God to quit moving or you want to you quit hitting these certain places where it seems like, oh, man, it's a struggle and all of that. Quit praying so much. You're asking him for certain things, but, you're, but you don't understand the things that have to be built in you. And, Daniel, let me ask you this. What great man or woman of God, I mean, that has touched many people's lives and had a, a, a vibrant and viable uh, ministry that don't have a testimony behind it? None. None. That I can say very confidently, zero. Yeah. Am I right? Yeah. Oh, and the, and the, greater, the greater the ministry? Mm-hmm. The greater the fire that they've been through, whether it's a Kenneth Hagen laying up in bed, bedridden, and all of that, you know. Whether it's a my, my pastor Bill Winston, you know, giving up everything, working over at IBM, leaving that job, coming to Chicago with two hundred dollars, and the Lord having him start a, a ministry, but the but. Car got stole while I was over there in a little storefront on Pulaski. For, so for two years, his wife, kid, they're all on the L train going to, their, going to the little storefront, uh, sweeping out beer bottles and everything else. I leave um, uh, uh, a, a whole career. I leave everything. Go to McDonald's. At one week, I am touring around the world the next week I am going to McDonald's at 20 looking for a job because I'm, I'm giving up everything, everything. And it, it, it seems like to me, those who give up everything, the Lord feels. He, I, I, I looked at some of my friends that got saved around the time I did, and they held on to certain things, you know, uh, you know, kept on getting high or whatever. But I, I looked at it, and, and some of the things they held on to, I could, it, it drew them back, or it caused them to have a much harder time, you know, moving into the things of God. But, but it seems like those who leave everything and, and are willing to give up things, it seems like, you know, the Lord increases them, or, or they, they hear more clear from God. You know what I'm saying? So, well, I, uh, I believe the Bible says, he who sets his hand to the plow and looks back yep. is not fit for the kingdom. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Increasing accuracy in hearing the voice of the Lord. How how has it worked in your life in the area of the I guess the capacity for accuracy? in responding to the promptings of the Lord as you've grown? How has that played out? Well, the way it's played out in my life is being familiar with God's ways. Hmm. There, this is what I tell the Lord often. Daniel, Daniel, I, I, love, I love God's ways. Um, 
when I when I when I tell the Lord I love Him, I don't mean I, I me myself John King. Oh, I just love you. No, I I know His person. I know His ways. I know the way He does things. I know the way He talks. I know the way He's long suffering, and I I love His ways. I I love Him. I love Him. I know his ways. I know his fingerprint. I know him. And so I recognize his voice. I, when people are talking, I, can, I know when someone knows him and when someone doesn't because I know him very well. And, and <laughs> so it's the familiarity. When I was doing I, I did a, a produced a song uh, that, that Mike had done, uh, you know, on a project that, that uh, is working out and working with you. Right. And, and, and folks, by the way, that's that, that's Mike Hazlett, our worship uh, leader at the Fireplace Church. Go amen. ahead. Amen. Yes. And so there's one song that I had already worked on eight songs, and you know I'm I'm like, okay, all right, let's just get through this this last acoustic guitar and vocal song. And when I started doing it, here goes this urge: go ahead and put drums on it. I said, Lord, I do not want to put drums on this. I know what you're doing, because I know him, because he never stops with drums. <laughs> That's just the way he is. He always gives me the next step. He never gives me the full picture. He always gives me step one. Then as soon as I get through with step one, then, he'll, then, he, then he says, okay, why don't you just put some bass on it? Oh, Lord, I know what you're doing. Oh, I don't want to do it. And I just go ahead and do it. Okay, now why don't you put some keys on it? Ah, it's so easy, and I'm doing it. It's easy because he's, it's the Holy Spirit leading me. And then organ. And I mean, it was such a blessing for me. But I know his voice. That's the way he leads. He leads. When I was building my studio, I have a studio in my home, and the reason I built it in my home is so when my kids were coming up, their dad would be at home, and I wouldn't be gone all the time. But they know me as being at home with them. And so, but while I was building it, the Lord was helping me and showing me how to put up the soffits. I did all the electrical, had it all inspected. But he was, and I could tell, I said, okay, I see what you're doing. You're, 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 you're going to prove to me that I can build a whole studio with you. I said, Lord, I don't care what you say. I am not going to put down carpet. By the time it was time to put down carpet, Daniel, it was so easy to do in my mind, I couldn't help but do it, because I could see how to so easily. And so it's just his footprint. I can tell his fingerprint, because I, I know him. He doesn't change. He's, he's the same. He talks the same way. He, he, he always, he'll do it differently, but he's got a personality. The Lord has a personality. He's a person. He, he talks a certain way, and so to answer your question, um, the more accuracy is just from spending time with him. And because I've spent time with him, let me tell you now, oh my goodness, Daniel, mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit has given me stuff to do, man, and I didn't obey. And let me tell you something, man, it's, it's taken years to recover from not following him. Because sometimes the Sometimes you get an impression. In Colossians, it says, let peace be an umpire. And, and so the Holy Spirit leads by peace. You can have peace about a certain thing, and it's the leading of the Holy Spirit. 
As a matter of fact, you may be hearing someone may be talking to you about something, a deal that, that they're saying is a good deal for you, or there may be a business discussion, and you have no peace on the inside. That's letting you know there's something you don't know that's going on, and you don't have peace because the Holy Spirit isn't settled. So he leads by peace. That's one of the ways he speaks. Let me let me tell you something, John. I, I've seen this on both sides of the fence, and it's really interesting how this works. What you're saying is absolutely true. And if folks, I mean, write that one down. Peace is huge. So, so the, the, okay. A few years ago, I, I had, um, I mean, this is a painful story to tell, but at this point, it just is what it is. Yeah, I, okay. I had a friend, and uh, he, at my time, I had met him in Bible school, and he was over in another country, and I, I went to go be with him for three weeks and preach and teach and do all this other stuff. And there was opportunity that he had because someone had, this was in Africa, and someone had sent him essentially equipment to make bricks. And it, it was uh, just sitting there because no one had given him the money to hook it up, it was, you know, get a field, get some pallets, get some electric, get some water going and start the operation. That operation could have funded the whole church mission and um, other things and adventures into other kinds of business exploits. I mean, this, and I, I don't know that I've ever told this testimony publicly. Yes, this is the first time I'm saying this, but this was, okay. this was in 2013. Mm. And, and so while I was there, I was like, dude, I don't have it, <laughs> but I, I can get it. And I managed to get together $20,000. And I, I was like, God, can I do this? Do you want me to help him by investing in him this way? Uh, and God said, yeah, you can do it. Mm. And so I was like, oh, okay. So I did. Mm-hmm. It turned out it got stolen from me by him. Mm. I left. Mm. No business got started. Well, as a matter of fact, I mean, I'm not going to get into all the details, but just a total, you know, train wreck. And I forgave him over time. Yeah. But this was this was a mega, mega blow because this was like for me at that time, that was a chunk of cash. And I had to pay it back. Uh. So it actually set me into debt. And yeah. I was paying that out of my own pocket while yeah. it had been stolen from me by this person who was a pastor and I thought my friend. And mm-hmm. so it's heartbreaking. And then I yeah. was like, wait, wait a minute, God. Yeah. I thought you said that I could do this. So why is this <laughs> happening to me? Now, this is funny because, you know, you know, the moral of the story. What's that? A year from that time, a little over a year, this set me back $20,000 in addition to, you know, other debt I had. A year from mm-hmm. that time, God to work things out that I was debt free. Mm, mm, mm. That injustice. Yeah. Came back to me and reward. God said, I'll pay you back. Mm, mm, mm. And mm, mm. let me tell you something. He did. He, he paid me back many times over mm. that amount that I had given. And, you know, I, I was responsible. I had to forgive. I had to let it go. I had to put it in the Lord's hands. I had to, you know, go through all of that. Yep, and, yep, yep, yep. You know, I, I mean, it was yep. sad that I, I also ultimately didn't follow didn't follow through with fellowship. I said, you know, we just can't work together anymore. I forgive you, but this is. Right, and, right. You know, absolutely. all of these things, and, and I want to emphasize the forgiveness component, that, that it was absolutely yeah. critical. Oh, my goodness. But then the Lord turned it into, and I, I said, well, now, God, can you explain this to me? And, you know, he told me, he said, you know, Daniel, 
I don't withhold things from people when they are believing me. And I let people be responsible for the misstewarding of my blessing. Mm, 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 That mm. when I judge them, my judgments are just. Mm, mm, I let mm. you give it to him because Mm. I planned to take care of you. And then I realized, wow, there, there it is right there. He planned to take care of me. I seeded that. Really, that was a seed into the kingdom. I reaped debt freedom and much more <laughs> than that. It, I reaped debt freedom and much more than that. And, um, you know, but then there was another day where another business opportunity came to me. It wasn't yeah. really a business opportunity. It was an opportunity to invest. He said, yeah. you know, this is a 20% guaranteed or 30% or something like that. I and I was like, God, what do you think about this? Can I invest in this? Like, you know, it's six months turnaround, I'm supposed to make 30% on my investment. God was like, you can invest. And I was like, whoa, what? Wait, wait a minute. No, I said, how do you feel about us? <laughs> I'm like thinking like this God, you know, we're doing this thing together, right? right God's right, like, right. nope. And then he said, and if you invest, I don't want you to cry. I said, that's mm. it. Nope. Not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. Not doing it. That's it. You said you're not in it. I don't want it. I, I mean, it was, you know, it, you it, know what's kind of interesting, uh, and I just wanted that that scripture was um, that God leads by peace was um, Colossians uh, three and fifteen. Just just so if anybody needed that. But what's so interesting to me about things like that? I mean, look at who Jesus had, who God chose as Jesus' treasure. Why, why would you have a treasurer that's constantly taking stuff out, man? John wouldn't have messed with that money. Peter, Peter wouldn't have messed with that money. Here goes Judas, the treasurer, and Jesus never did stop him from easing money out. Isn't that something? I remember this, and, and, let, me, and let me say this, um, Daniel, also to your listeners, and that is, <clears throat> I have missed the Holy Spirit many times. Things I thought were God. Lord, have mercy investments. I, I have to stay away from them. I have no anointing, no gifting, <laughs> no discernment okay. when it comes down from investing. <laughs> Forget it. I'm, I've, I've tried it three times, and I'm talking about men and women of God that, you know, they invested also, and it did not work out. And, and, and so, but this is what I found out. I don't know of anyone whose heart is to seek and to hear God's voice and be led by the Spirit who doesn't make mistakes, who doesn't make mistakes. And a lot of times that's what um, stops people. They get offended. They get offended and say, well, I prayed about this. It's no sense in praying, you know. They get offended, and, and, but they don't understand God is faithful. I found out that the problem isn't with, uh, isn't with God. It's, it's with us, um, but people get offended in it. But what I found out is as you continue to push in and you began to um, get more familiar when those things work, when, 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 when you see the manifestation, because when the Holy Spirit speaks, there's always manifestation. But when you see the manifestation of those things, you, you become more and more familiar. It's like, 
your spiritual senses being exercised to discern good and evil. It's, it's actually exercising those things. Wow. And it's a good thing. But I tell you, I've missed it as much. But, Lord, have mercy. Oh, my God. Um, for the uh, for the counsel uh, that I've got. I remember sitting, <clears throat> I was sitting in a, a church service. I took a friend of mine. He had uh, just, he had been saved a little while, and he didn't have a Bible or anything. And we were sitting in service, and I had I had my amplified, my new amplified Bible, and I was sitting beside him. And um, the Lord spoke to me while I was sitting in church in service. He said, give him your Bible. I said, Lord, I, I know you ain't talking about my Bible. <laughs> he said, give him your Bible. I said, what am I going to read? What I, this, he said, give him your Bible. And then it dawned on me. I said, John, you're, you're arguing with God in church. And so what I did is I took that Amplified Bible and I, I wrote his name in it. And I just closed it. Now we're, we're going home. I'm giving him a ride home. He says, and while we're in the car, he says, man, I like your Bible. I want to get something like that. I said, here, you can have this one. <laughs> he, said, he said, man, I can't take your Bible. I said, open the cover. And he opened the cover and saw his name. It was quiet for the rest of that car ride. <laughs> I'm telling you now. But what, but what I'm saying, my point is, is that people... Great men in God, of God, great men and women of God, miss God. They miss sometimes, you know, the leading, um, whether it's, you know, I've even heard people say, you know, when Christ is coming back, and these are people who have reputable ministries that have proven, you know, that they have a prophetic flow and everything. But sometimes people miss it. Uh, we, we're still in this flesh, and, you know, it's just the way it is. But at any rate, don't be discouraged. Um, don't, don't pull back because you do miss it, because just like in your particular situation, he calls all things to work together for your good because you love him. And, and by the way you handle that situation, that is not going out looking for the man, you know, not, not um, you know, send, trying to send him to jail or anything, but by the way you handle that, you... He taught you a lesson. You learned a lesson that you could trust him, even in a situation. I heard Marilyn Hickey say one time, uh, she had went to the Soviet Union. I think she was over in those Baltic countries or whatever, and she had done something stupid. She said herself that she made some dumb mistake that it really cost the ministry and everything, and it was so, but, but that God spoke to her and said, I will bless your mistakes. I'll bless your mistakes. And so, and I heard um, Kenneth Copeland say one time um, back when uh, that uh, he said, you know, even if you know someone who's believing God and, you know, they're trying to hear God and trying to walk, he says, even if it's, it's something, you know, don't, don't discourage them from trusting God. And if they get in trouble, just help them out of it, you know, help them out of it or whatever. But he was, he was just saying that, you know, people are going to miss God here and there. But, but, but if you can be a blessing to them, be a blessing to them. But if you're really going to stretch out in knowing the Holy Spirit and being led by Spirit, you're going to have to be brave. You're going to have to um, not allow fear to pull you back 
to, to make you shy away. You, you, you can't look at a failure that may have happened before. The, um, uh, the, the first person I prayed for, I remember she was, um, <clears throat> she had an air tank. I went to school with her, and she, they had sent her home because basically they, you know, they had sent her home basically to die. And, you know, I was talking to her uh, about the Lord and just being witnessing to her. And uh, she said, you know, she said, John, when I go to sleep, she said, this man comes and fights with me on a horse. And I know that, you know, if I don't fight him, I know I'm going to die. She says, but it, now I don't have any more strength to fight him. And so now I'm afraid to go to sleep because I know I'm going to die. And I said, well, don't worry. I said, what that is, I said, that's Satan. That's the enemy. And God has delivered you from the power of darkness. When you go to sleep, I said, don't fight them anymore. Take the name of Jesus and let that fight for you. Well, she was all excited with her mom. and She said, see, Mom, I told you, because they thought she was delusional. I told you, John knows what I'm talking about. Now they think both of us are delusional. John knows what I'm talking about. Well, I went to see her a few days later. She had been sleeping fine. She said it never did come up. The man on the horse never even came. Why? Because we uncovered that, that deception. But then I also prayed for her to be healed, and she, she passed away, and I didn't understand it because I knew the prayer was a prayer of faith. I, I mean, I just knew it, and I was, I was asking the Lord. I was trying to figure out, I mean, this is when I first got born again, what did I eat? What day did I pray? Because I had no idea why wouldn't she get healed. And then I, as I'm studying the Word of God, I found out, John, you have to find out also, depending on what you're dealing with, on where the faith of someone else is and what they actually believe. And, I, and, and the Lord started teaching me, oh, so this is why I didn't see this in this circumstance. This is why this happened this way. And so instead of me just going up to somebody and you say, hey, John, I, you know, hey, I, you know, I've been diagnosed with such and such, you know, I just want you to pray for me. Instead of me just going off and praying, all right, in the name of Jesus, I, I proclaim over you that by his stripes, instead of all of that, my next question is, well, what do you believe, what do you believe in God for? Because you may, that person may be believing God to have a successful operation, and that's where their faith is. And so I found out that I've got to do just like Jesus. Think about it for a moment. You've got a blind man that comes up to Christ. And Jesus asks the strangest question. He says this, what would you have me to do? Why would you ask a blind <laughs> You know, if I was a blind man, I'd be like, is he blind too? Is, is it, is it, you know, what's going on here? Why do you ask a blind man, what would you have me to do? Because Jesus is finding out where his faith is. And, and the man says, that I might receive my sight. And he says, according to your faith, be it done unto you. And so Jesus would ask these people what they're believing. He wouldn't just go. And so I, I learned those lessons. And then that, my prayer life began to be, uh, and ministry began to be more accurate as I started understanding certain truths in the Word. And so I just want to encourage those even who are listening that uh, some of you may have uh, backed off because of some things that happened in the past. But to know that God is faithful, that he's not changed, that 
there's there's nothing wrong with you. You've, you're born again. You have the Spirit of God in you. And to push back out, because it's the enemy that tries to shut us down so the people that we've been assigned to won't receive what God has for them. John, thank you so much for that, man. I just want to say thank you for the message, for the sharing, the stories, the anecdotes, the wisdom, folks. Uh, my guest today has been John King. By the way, don't forget every Friday night at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, you can join us at www.thefireplacechurch.org where we have built a first of its kind as far as we know internet-based ministry service that offers worship teaching and then the revolutionary part a built-in internet-based moderated discussion group component where you will be able to dialogue about what you have learned with like-minded people from around the world folks i'll tell you what we're excited about Jesus, and you've been listening to Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall. Till next time, God bless and Godspeed. Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall is the premier radio program designed to center you on the kingdom of God, to equip you with faith in Jesus Christ, and to unveil the truth behind the lies. This program has been a production of Bride Ministries. You can find us at www.bridemovement.com. At our website, you can contact us, access resources, and support us with donations. We need partners in order to continue to produce our vision, which is to promote unity in the body of Christ worldwide and assist in the creation and development of sheep nations. Partner with us and be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Until next time, God bless and Godspeed.